the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to this KGNW broadcast special, Heart of the City. Pastors, ministry leaders, and churches have received a call to serve their communities with the love and compassion of Christ. The call is from God's heart to the Heart of the City. Well, this is Heart of the City. I'm Chuck Olmstead, the Director of Local Ministry Development at 820 AM The Word. And I want to welcome you today. And I have a special guest, a voice from the past here <laughs> on uh, 820 AM The Word, uh, KGNW, and it's Lee Ryan. Lee, mm-hmm. welcome today to Heart of the City. Oh, thanks for having me back after yeah. so many years. So many years. And and you are Lee Ryan Coston. Yes. And uh, so, but many of our KGNW listeners uh, remember you back years ago. What years was that that you were back on KGNW? Oh my gosh, I think I came in at about 1997. I was I was uh, seeking Christ at that time. In fact, I thought I'd found him. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. So back in 97, uh the talk show host at that time was was uh Stuart? Stuart White, Stuart yeah. White. I was his producer. Mm-hmm. Excellent. So those of you that are longtime listeners remember that name. And uh, Frosty Fowler was in the uh, in the studios at that time doing yep. some programming. Yep, and Jerry Berg was my engineer. And uh, I also did promotions and voiceover work and copywriting with Dave Drewy. And Dave is still here. Yep. He's the long-term uh, guy here at, at uh, K- KGNW. Well, you don't want to lose a good thing. That's right. <laughs> That's right. So so you and I actually, uh, because I came in 2000, so by then, I don't know, were you still at the station at that time? Or you were um, you were still doing some voiceover things. Yeah, I'm I was sure. still doing that. I was doing it from home, though. Yeah. 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 So I do remember that. And uh but it's good to to see you again and reconnect. You had called me a, a week or so ago and said that you really enjoyed Heart of the City. And as we got to talking about what you're doing, uh, I thought, well, listen, I'd love to have you on and just uh, share your story and talk about what you're doing now. Okay. And so you had mentioned just uh, in the interview, uh, at the beginning of the interview, that uh, you, you started a KGNW, but you... You didn't know the Lord, really. So so uh, let's walk back a little bit. That's part of what we do on Heart of the City. And uh, did you come from this area? Where you, did you grow up in the Seattle area? I grew up in Montana, and I did not grow up in a Christian home at all. Uh, no Christians in my whole family other than my grandmother. Hmm. And her effect on me was monumental because she wasn't evangelical as in like, cramming it down my throat, which, you know, some Christians have been known to do that, Mm -hmm. and it turns people away rather than drawing them in. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, I always knew uh, that God existed, and I believed the stories, but I never read them myself. And so I thought I was a Christian. I believed in God, and therefore I guess I was a Christian. But um, as I got to learn more, I realized I wasn't a Christian, and I went on the hunt. 
and I was uh, Greek Orthodox for six years. I mean, I went through all sorts of different churches and groups and such, um, looking for the feel of God. Hmm. You know, like you go into a Greek Orthodox church and all of the beautiful icons and the smell of the incense. Hey, this must be what heaven's like, mm-hmm. um, because it's different. And um, so I was searching and hunting. And at the time that I came to KGNW, um, I had gotten baptized, um, but I really didn't know. It's like I accepted everything, but I really hadn't truly accepted Christ as my my leader. He was, I accepted his death as being my savior, hmm. but I wasn't seeking him for guidance. So I was almost like one foot on the dock and one foot on the boat. Mm-hmm. And when the boat pulls out, <laughs> somebody goes into the drink. So it took me a few years after that. I mean, it was almost like fire insurance, right? You, yes. wanted, you wanted your salvation. You yeah. wanted to know you were going to heaven. But yeah. as far as what, you, what was going on in your life, uh, it was just uh, part of the process. I and guess. I wanted what my grandmother had. Hmm. She was an amazing person. Everyone loved her. Mm-hmm. She was good to everyone. Jehovah's Witnesses didn't matter who it was who came to her door. They'd come in and have a cup of coffee and some cookies. Yeah, yeah. You know, and she listened to people. And if somebody was suicidal, they would come to her and hand her the guns and say, please keep these for me. Hmm. She was a very trusted, beloved person. She was the person I think we all want to be or want to believe we're going to be. And so I had that in my in the back of my mind as who I wanted to be. I just didn't know how to get there. Yeah, yeah. Well, I have to believe that Grandma was praying for you all that time. She was. Yeah. She was all the time, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so as you were walking through this process of searching, what was there a specific event or something that happened that, that spurred you on to going deeper in your relationship with him? You know, I think as with most people, it's catastrophe. It's where everything falls apart. It's where your life is an absolute mess. And I remember going to this one church in Burien. It was called a Grace Baptist Church. And I went there because a friend of mine, I was working at uh, at Boeing Motion Picture, and there was a gal there who was a secretary. And she invited me to come to church with her. Well, I had kind of seen Christians being, um, although I had my grandmother in the back of my mind, I'd seen a lot of Christians who were pushy, self-righteous, judgmental. um, And I saw Christianity as a bit of a crutch. And so her inviting me was almost saying, there's something wrong with you, you need help. So I kind of patted her on the head and walked away. And then one Easter, my life was falling apart, and I decided to go ahead and go to church. And I went there, And uh, I saw some things in her family that I never had, Mm. Uh, the kind of um, love and and joy and and playfulness and acceptance that I hadn't seen before in my own family. And uh, so I decided the next Sunday I was going to come back and surprise her, and I'd show up at church. And what actually happened is she wasn't there that Sunday. So I walk in, and I look around, and I'm looking for her and her husband, and they're not there. And I'm thinking, oh, my. So I start to turn and leave, and the door shut on me. Hmm. They're like prison doors. <laughs> and so I sit way in the back, you know, so I can get out. Mm-hmm. And um, I was by myself, and the pastor started talking about um, accepting Christ and all that. He stopped right in the middle of it. He said, there's someone in this room who wants to accept Christ. I don't know who it is, but I want you all to bow your heads. And if you want to accept Christ, if you want him to come into your life and take over, 
and you want him to be your leader and you're willing to and he just he said all the right things he was speaking directly to my heart hmm. he said i want you to raise your hand well i did not want to raise my hand i was prideful um you know i did not want to raise my hand and but I, I it was like it was like there was a rope tied to my wrist and it was just like going toward the ceiling and i was shaking trying to pull it down and i felt so embarrassed and when my arm got all the way to the top, all I can describe, it was like a warm sense of electricity that went down my arm and up through my head. And I jolted up and I looked around and there was not one person within 20 feet of me. Mm. I couldn't explain it. Now, I worked in the, the motion picture business. I know all about special effects. I know all about acting and, and fake blood and all of that. I know what you can do. I could not explain that. And that is what made me stop and think there is more to God than what I ever saw before. There's something there, and I want it, and I need it. And that is when I decided that I was going to accept Christ, not only as the Savior that I heard about, and it was kind of a distant thing, but as, you know, the power behind my life and my leader. And do I do it right all the time? Absolutely not. <laughs> I am like everyone else. Mm -hmm. But because I have this background that I have of not being a Christian and having Christians around me who um, a lot of Christians were kind of self-righteous and pushing it and seeing a lot of that, um, I think it helps me to be a better witness to people in the motion picture industry the gay community, um, people who have a bad taste in their mouth from Christians, because I can understand it. Mm -hmm. I think that the, the tough part is, is how to be uh, authentic and genuine. Mm -hmm. You know, um, because we want to live for the Lord, and, and that self-righteousness, I mean, that's that's been a big issue in my life that the Lord had to deal with. I grew up in the church, and I was a good church boy, and all of those things and had, you know, talents and giftings that, that the Lord used. But yet that issue of self-righteousness is something that I had to deal with clear up, you know, into my 40s and still have to deal with to this day of, of, wanting, uh, of, of wanting to look good in front of others. Mm -hmm. And so um, to be a, a genuine and authentic I think is what people are looking for in Christians, mm. whether it's that we're dealing with whatever sin that we've had to grapple with in our lives or or whether our families are not the perfect families that we want to pretend every you know that that they are that we have the same issues that the the non believing world does when it comes to those kinds of things mm. and uh, so I appreciate the fact that you're you, you want that to per, to show that authentic faith to people. Yes. And I think that's what people are looking for, don't you? I do too. Absolutely. Yeah. So after that experience in church, what happened next? Well, I did accept Christ, and I decided that um, the gifts I was given, and, and it was odd because I never planned on getting into the media. I had absolutely no inkling of being in radio or television, because I was a talk show host for a few years in Billings, Montana. Mm -hmm. um, I had no, uh, and, and I was always a writer. 
I always wrote little stories and things. Um, I always communicated well by writing. Uh, but I, I didn't know what to do with those talents because I was not raised to be confident. I wasn't raised to believe in myself uh, physically or emotionally or spiritually or personality. Um, I didn't think I was anything worth anything. So for me to step out and say I'm going to do something, um, I was expecting failure. Um, and rejection. So it was really hard for me to take a leadership position and do something. Um, but after I became a Christian, uh, all of my sins and all of the things of my life and, and the hurts and, and the people who'd been unkind to me, it all started to fall into place. Because, you know, sometimes when you look at, I don't know if I'm jumping out, I'm, I'm a skip thinker, so you'll have to drive me into position here. But um, sometimes when I look at Christian productions, like movies and such, they make it look so easy. I mean, they they make the whole thing, you know, there's these problems, and then all of a sudden this Christian comes into the mix, and everything falls into place. It's almost like a, a, a you know, a 15-piece puzzle. Everything just is easy, so easily snaps together, and at the end of the movie, everybody's happy. Mm. They've all accepted the Lord. Cha-cha-cha. Right. But that isn't the truth of it. The truth of life is that it's like a puzzle upside down, and you've got all these gray pieces, and you don't know what to put where. And if God doesn't guide you, you can spend the rest of your life shuffling and trying to force pieces into position. And I think that when you're producing a movie that, that is trying to speak about Christianity or trying to speak about moral issues or just... Um, Things that are positive um, in life, um, and 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 tell a story that um, that that maybe doesn't isn't uh, evangelical. Mm-hmm. It's just a story that talks about the right from the wrong and the, and good moral choices. I think you have to be real about it. I think I don't think you can be gratuitous and um, that everybody's smiling in this. And I think it needs to be real. And sometimes people swear. Because mm-hmm. that's the truth of it. Before you become a Christian, I mean, you spit out some humdingers. Right. I sure did, and sometimes I still do. Right. Um, and I think that I think it needs to be real. Yeah, I heard uh, you're talking about an analogy like a puzzle. Mm-hmm. I heard Rick Warren a while back talk about this life <laughs> and the struggles of life, and and we see life. You know, you were talking about the movies and how uh, you know life was bad and now it's good. <laughs> Well, the reality is for all of us, whether we're believers or not, is like there's a like, it's like train tracks. It's a dual track. On one track, there are the blessings and the 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 good things of life, and on the on on the same track, parallel to that, are all these trials and struggles and tribulations. And and, and you know, after we receive Christ, life still is the, is that dual track, isn't it? There's still Good, the blessings of the Lord, the goodness of God. At the same time, there's a tribulation of life, and that track will continue on until the day we die. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, it, our dependence is upon Him, and and uh, you know we look to Him uh, as the the Comforter and and the the Finisher of our faith. And so the movie industry, as you're talking about mm-hmm. in the Christian films that we're going to talk about in a second, um, need to reflect that. Mm-hmm. They truly do need to reflect the realities of life instead of some, uh, you know, lovely story that has a wonderful ending and mm. everybody lived happily ever mm-hmm. after because that's not real, is it? Mm-hmm. No. No, sometimes the end of the story is just that there's hope and that there's faith because joy doesn't necessarily mean happy. And that's something that people get confused. The, even the word happy is, a, is a, like a derivative of a happiness, 
you know, that comes from a happening. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's not where joy comes from, is, you know, things happening the way you want them to. Joy comes from knowing that the the good will happen, that God is in control, that what's happening is for a purpose, and it'll all come around. And you may not understand it in this life, but you will understand it, and you will see at some point. As you're sharing the scripture that's, that's uh, from Timothy, godliness with contentment is great gain. Mm-hmm. And so as the Lord... Uh, sanctifies us in our life, uh, that's a Christian term, but but redeems our lives. And we walk in contentment, even in that parallel track of, of, of adversity, uh, there is great gain as the Lord continues to work in our lives as we as we travel along. Well, tell me about out of out of that experience and what you're doing. What what happened next? Uh, you know, what what are you doing now? Yes, and you asked me a question, and I told you I'd probably get off track. You asked me what I was doing afterward. Well, I decided to use the gifts that God gave me, whether it be voice work or writing or producing or directing, um, for His purpose. And I, what I've learned just from being around, I, you know, I don't have percentages, but I would comfortably say that 80% of the people in the media are not Christians and don't care to be Christians. And some of the people I talk to have a reason for not caring to be a Christian. Uh, sadly, I have met a lot of people in the gay community who are nicer and kinder and more gracious than Christians mm-hmm. I know. Mm-hmm. So what is it we have to offer them that they would be interested in if they're nicer than we are? So my goal is not to to segregate and say, okay, well, us Christians are going to go over here and we're going to produce this and we're going to do that. My goal is is that there are a lot of Christian people who have amazing talents, and I've been running into them since I've been writing and directing and, and working in films more. I have met so many wonderful Christian people, but they're almost stealthy. And I can't blame them, because as soon as you say you're a Christian, there's an immediate attitude of, oh, you're one of those self-righteous judgmental types. Mm-hmm. I'm no good, am I? Because I'm gay, or I'm this, or I'm that, or I had an abortion, or I'm divorced, therefore. And I can't blame them for feeling that way, because I've seen it, and I've heard it myself. Mm-hmm. And that needs to change. And so what I'm looking at is gathering some Christian people together who have like they're like-minded if they, they want to produce movies and shorts and commercials or whatever that at least don't tick god off you know <laughs> i mean right. they may not be evangelical but they don't tick god off at least mm-hmm. and at least the moral structure it would please god mm-hmm. well and you talked about uh, you know at the end of the movie that it bring, brings hope. I mean, all truth is God's truth, and so there are thing there are ways of 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 sharing a story that aren't necessarily all, it isn't necessarily quoting scriptures, but yet can can tell the story with at the end it, it's it's uh, shared truth and it's shared. Uh, life and its shared hope. Yes. Tell me about a few of the projects that you've worked on that that have done that. Um, well, I've got it. You know, I've got one film that I've written. It's called Crowbar, and that is something that, um, in fact, there are probably about five people who are not Christians who love that story, and it is basically my story. 
Hmm. Um, from when I was a little girl and how my grandmother came in and basically put the cape and tights on and rescued me. Because I didn't have that. And I think a lot of kids, you know, I look at I look at the culture today. And, you know, some people say the kids are lost in kind of a, a, a put down way. Oh, they're so lost. They're so messed up. And I look at it so sadly, because those kids are so lost. They don't know that they're loved. They don't know that they have a purpose. They feel judged. They are so lost. And I think it's because and this is my own belief, that parents you know, got into this mainstream thing of being successful that a lot of kids were dumped off at daycare or with somebody else. And they don't know beyond a shadow of a doubt that they're loved by their parents and that they're cherished. And I didn't have that either. Yeah. So, um, and, you know, now I forgot the question. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was I was asking you about the projects that you've, yes. you've worked on, and you'd mentioned the yes, crowbar. that's one of them. And um, that is where someone steps in. It can be a grandmother. It can be somebody else. But I don't think we just, in general, we all don't realize how much of, of a difference we make in other people's lives. Um, as a radio disc jockey, uh, a man was going to commit suicide. I had no idea. I was playing the so- song about Vincent Van Gogh called Starry, Starry Night by Don McLean. And I, all I said was something simple. I wasn't even a Christian at that time. But but I said, you know, there are some, some people that we don't understand that are, seem weird to us, that seem unusual. And we put them down and we shove them aside and we ignore them. What if you take a good look at them and find out how special they really are? This guy called up. He was sobbing. He was going to commit suicide. Hmm. You know, we we all can make such a difference. And, and, you know, in doing films, we can touch so many people. We can, we can make such a difference if we just do it. And, you know, to step out and do it, I think, is the scary part. And it, and it is scary because when you, when you do something like this, you can fail. And failure, for some people, like me, mm-hmm. is, uh, is very scary. But I feel compelled to do it. And I've talked to enough other people who are Christians who are excited about it, and even some non-Christian people who have read the script and said, oh, my gosh, Lee, you have got to do this film. And there are other ones that I'm writing that are just fun, and um, they're fun and cute and, and uh, you know, have a good moral thread through them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, tell me about some of the people that you've worked with here over the last uh, few years, Uh, you know, and, and, uh, you know, when you're talking about media, you know, some people think, well, it's a movie producer, but it can be musicians or or others or photographers or or that sort of thing. Um, Tell me about some of the people that you've worked with. Well, I'd like to pull a group together. um, There's one fellow. His name is Ryan. He's a he's a. videographer he's uh he does sound he does lights he does uh, music he does all sorts of things graphic artist mm-hmm. um what i'm finding as i as i you know talk to people that there's some real talent out there i'd like to pull them together um in a group where like i say it's not necessarily evangelical but it might be as well but it's where we have a common belief that like for instance using the lord's name is not okay um, you know, promoting things that would upset God, 
not okay. Mm -hmm. So we have some parameters, but we have a lot of room as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's what I'm looking at doing is just, um, I'm just, this is the stage of growth here. I'm just starting this out. I'm just getting this started. So I'm answering a lot of my own questions sometimes when I'm talking to you or someone else. Right, right. Well, if uh, if if you have a loved one, you're, or you're or you're interested yourself, if you've got a uh, a, um, a budding filmmaker or a musician or a photographer, how can someone get a hold of you? Well, I start. I opened up a new um, an email address uh, called High Road Multimedia at Comcast.net. Mm-hmm. And they can just email me. And maybe somebody wants to support. It could be a business that wants to support this or they want to produce something. They can contact me, too, because I, I've, I'm getting the contacts together. That's for sure. The talent's there. Yeah. Well, it's High Road Multimedia. It's H-I-G-H-R-O-A-D Multimedia at Comcast.net. Uh, Lee, we've got about a minute left. And... and um, as we're wrapping up here, um, what would you say it would be? And this is a loaded question for a, for a minute left. But what would you say your life um, message is? As far as uh, is there a like a key phrase or a key thing that the Lord has has given to you that you would say this is the message that I have to the world? This sounds so simple, but don't just sit there. Do something. There you go. Well, thank you for joining me today on Heart of the City. I appreciate it so much. And the Lord bless you as you continue to serve Him in these days. Thank you. God bless. Remember, High Road is a group of seasoned professionals who are capable of producing A-level films with top-notch writers, actors, directors, and crew. While they don't train individuals, they allow motivated, responsible young adults to volunteer. The email address, highroadmultimedia at comcast.net. You've been listening to this KGNW special, Heart of the City. For more information about how your pastor or ministry can be featured on 820 AM The Word. Call Chuck Olmsted at 206-269-6216 or go to 820amtheword.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.